Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Spa Strong Podcast. I'm Royal. I'm Melissa. And today we have an awesome guest with us today. Yes, today we have the pleasure of speaking with Melissa Shippen. Melissa is a licensed master esthetician and the Blimed Plus Senior Account Manager over Utah and Idaho. Hey, Melissa. Hey. Hello. How are you guys? Good. How are you? So good. Good. We're so happy to have you with us. We have been just dying to get you on and to talk to everybody about Glymed. So thank you for being here. Thank you. I'm so excited. Yay. Good. Um, so we would love to hear just a little bit about your background and how you got into aesthetics and got working for Glymed. So could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Yeah, definitely. It is. It's kind of a fun story. So I started with Glymed in October of 2000. So I will hit my 20-year mark this October. Um, I was working for a human resource company, kind of helping do recruiting. And the position, which has evolved um, over the past 20 years, came across the desk. So the office I was working for for human resource was actually closing down that office and relocating to Salt Lake, which would have given me about an hour drive. So when I saw it come across, I asked, my, um, I asked my corporate manager if I could apply for it. And I can't remember the title of the Glymed job, but I think it was, it was basically customer service, I believe, like just working in our office. So I applied for it, got it, started with Glymed, um, and loved it. I knew nothing about aesthetics before I started. Kind of hit the ground running. Um, within a couple months, I was able to do trainings all over the United States, travel to trade shows, um, and then kind of evolved. So at the time, there was not a master aesthetic license in Utah. So Glomed Plus and our uh, founder and CEO, Christine Heathman, played a pretty big role in getting the licensure in Utah. So I was able to actually grandfather in through that because I was working at Glymed and then just kind of stayed. So when I started having kids, I left working in the corporate office because I did a ton of travel those first couple years at Climate mm-hmm. and went on. So I kind of helped with more education, things like that. And then about 16 years ago, they decided that Utah um, should be its own territory. So they offered me that position. And so I did that for years and years. And then two years ago, we added Idaho to my territory. So that's how I started and loved it. Wow. Oh my gosh. So I had no idea that Christine was one of the huge reasons why we have a master aesthetics license in Utah. Yes. She played a big, big role. And it was really cool to work at our corporate office during that time because we would see her going up to the Capitol all the time. She worked with Governor Levitt really intensely to get it. She was an amazing advocate um, with a lot of the school owners in Utah too, but an amazing advocate for getting that passed. So it was really cool to see that happen and then to actually be able to take part of it. Um, so what I had to be grandfathered in, I had to supply three letters um, from different sources, basically stating I was doing what a master esthetician would do. Um, interesting fact, I did not have Christine write me a letter because I wanted to kind of go outside and have other people outside the company I worked for. Mm-hmm. And then um, I just went and took the test. Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. wow. So that, I had, I didn't even know this about you, Melissa. That's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I just, I, you know, you know, a lot in this industry, mm-hmm. I would say the average time for um, any kind of account manager or rep or whatever you call them to stay with a company usually is about three to five years. 
So it's kind of funny to see when I tell people how long I've been with Blind like the eyes and the mouth drop, because mm-hmm. it is actually quite rare to stay with a company for this long. Oh my goodness. I mean, and that just comes to show like that you love it, that it's the perfect place for you. And I'm, I mean, I'm, am I, am I speaking too soon? Is that true? No, no, <laughs> you are one. And that's why I really, I not only love the company, I love the product. I think they're great. I love everything about it. I truly feel like my accounts are like an extension of my family. Mm-hmm. I have some accounts that I met when they were in school and now they own businesses or salons or med spas, whatever, and we're still friends. It's it's like a, just an extension of my family, to be honest with you. I think some of my best, best friends I've met through Glymed. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love that. Well, and I know for me, I mean, I think the last time I saw you was, gosh, 2015, maybe 2016. I think it was like around... Thanksgiving, and I was a model for one of the Peel classes that you did at um, the Glymed headquarters. Yeah, so it's been a super long time. But just based on your, you know, your personality and your interactions with me from when you were my account rep, and then when I was teaching at NEMA and everything, I was like, I know I can call Melissa and ask her or email Melissa and ask her to do this. Like, I felt totally comfortable reaching out to you because that's just what kind of person you are. You're so welcoming. You're so helpful. You obviously are totally passionate about Glymed. And so, I mean, you just have the personality to make an impact and make connections with people in this industry. Oh, I love that. I love that. I try to be. It's so fun now because I've taken kind of different roles, but I've really just done Utah for, you know, the past 16 years. But I'll still go to like some trade shows. I go to the Las Vegas trade show and I see people from all over the United States that have been Glymed forever. Mm -hmm. And I get to see them and it's kind of like a family reunion. We get to talk and hug and see how we're doing. And so that's what's awesome. It's not just Utah. I've been able to make these relationships, you know, throughout the whole United States. Some of the, and some of, there's another account manager. She's over Michigan and Illinois. And we've been with Glymed about the same amount of time. And she's probably one of my best friends in the whole world. And just great to connect and talk with, with everyone. I feel like that's what our industry is about is it's not just aesthetics, but it's nurturing. And I feel like I get, um, my cup gets filled from all of my accounts. Yes. I love that. I think that is so true. And that's, it's so important to remember that like, yes, there are the treatments and yes, there's the ingredients and the products and, you know, the science and the art behind what we do as estheticians. But ultimately it's about that nurturing and those connections that you can make not only with your clients, but with your coworkers and your reps and vendors and all of that. I mean, we work in a people industry. I love that. Um, okay. So I, you know, before we started recording, we were talking about how we're, we're recording this for listeners. We're recording this during the coronavirus <laughs> lockdown kind of phase. And so oh, be- man. before we started recording, we were talking about how this is the perfect time to talk about products and retail products and why they matter to us as estheticians, um, the retail sales and setting your clients up with home care. So Let's talk about that a little <laughs> bit because everybody needs it right now. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Absolutely. So I think home care is one of these things that a lot of estheticians or recommending home care products or retailing products. I personally feel like 
a lot of estheticians struggle because they feel like they're pushy. Mm -hmm. They don't want to like be, they don't want to feel like a salesman, but it's so important. And not just for right now, it is so important during this COVID-19 for their, um, for their income. So that's the only income they're able to bring in since they're not able to do services, but clients results is at least 50% better when they're on quality home care. Mm-hmm. Um, over the years, I've really kind of, you know, done some research looking into this. And I was reading an article years ago, and I can't even remember who it was to um, where it was or what it who wrote it. But it basically was talking about how when your clients come in and get a service or even just talk to you about home care, they are 70% more likely to purchase some sort of retail product within 24 hours. And that can be after they got a service. They can be after right now, if you're doing online consultations, after they do an online consultation, they want to keep that kind of high feeling they have of the beauty industry and they want to purchase something. If they don't purchase something from you, they're going to go do it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We live in an Amazon world. They're going to go do it on Amazon and have it at their door in two days. Mm-hmm. So you need to be, as estheticians, we need to be, the person they're purchasing it from. Absolutely. I totally know that from personal experience. When I had my spa studio, if there was something that I was out of and I would tell a client like, oh yeah, we should get you on a retinol here. I've got some on my shelf. Oh wait, actually I don't, I don't have it in stock, but I'll order some for you. And next time you come in, I'll have it available or I can bring it to you. And they'd be like, okay, yeah, that's fine. Just call me when you get it in and, um, you know, I'll come pick it up. And every single time they would tell me, oh, actually, I just ran to Sephora on my way home and I grabbed something. (laughs) I'm like, are you kidding me? So then when y'all came out with the online stores, I was like, oh my gosh, I would have given anything to have this when I had my studio because so many times my clients were like, oh, you were out of it. So I just bought it somewhere else. (laughs) Exactly. This, I mean, we've had our online platform for about two years and Mm -hmm. it has just been so amazing right now for people and it's crazy because since COVID started taking over the amount of people wanting to get that online retail store set up is insane insane I mean I always was happy that we did it but now I'm so grateful for it Mm -hmm. because it's able to still empower estheticians to support their clients I mean, we li- I mentioned Amazon before. We live in an Amazon world. Me personally, Amazon's coming to my do- or not. Yeah, I guess it is. Amazon delivery is coming to my door every day, dropping off stuff. So the only way we felt like we could empower estheticians to still have their foot in the online community is give them their own online store. Mm-hmm. So it's still you still control what your clients buy um, and can still recommend stuff and know that it's good quality products. I think that's what's so important about retail is educating your clients that there is a difference between over the counter and what they purchase from you. Yes. That is so huge because the thing with over the counter is, you know, department store brands and Sephora and stuff, they're so good at like drawing people in with these pretty packages and the samples and, you know, it's in the magazines and things like that. And so people think that because that brand is everywhere, that that means it's the best, but all they're paying for is fillers and a label. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, no, you need quality products. If you're serious about the skincare concern that you have, which I'm assuming you are, otherwise you wouldn't have booked this appointment, then you need to take all the steps available to you to get to your optimal skincare goals. 
There's no. a big difference. You know, anything you buy over the counter is a cosmeceutical grade product. When you're buying from a professional, like a licensed master esthetician, an esthetician, um, you're buying a pharmaceutical grade, which a lot of, I think, consumers don't know. There's a big difference. A cosmeceutical grade only has to be 76% pure. A pharmaceutical grade ingredients has to be 99% pure. That percentage makes a big difference in the results you are going to see using these products at home. Mm-hmm. It's so true. And then also another thing is with the cosmeceutical grade products, I mean, they may say that they have a certain percentage of you know salicylic acid or whatever, but isn't it true that it's you know, the pH may not be such where it's like quite effective or, you know, those kinds of things. So even though it says on the label that you think that you're going to get a great result, but you actually won't. That's so true. Exactly what you just said about not only pH, but a lot of times they're going to be buffered. The Mm -hmm. quality ingredients are going to lessen the results. And if you're using a product that says it has 5% salicylic acid, but has an incredibly high pH of it, you're not getting, it's not going to go into the skin, penetrate as well. You're not going to get that result. So there's so many other factors that go into it. And an over-the-counter product, it's not, you're not going to have um, kind of the approval that you need, I guess, or the, for example, our products aren't considered an FDA approved product, but they are all processed in FDA labs. That's so important because there is a regimen, there is, um, kind of in a process they have to go through. So basically what we say our products do, they have to do. So I think that's important to know too. You know, they're not FDA approved, but it's an FDA lab. So there are really kind of stringent um, processes it has to go through before it can ever be um, put on a retail shelf. Oh my gosh. I think that's so important that you, what you said there, what you say your product will do it has to do because I, what actually got me into aesthetics was I was working at Nordstrom in the cosmetics department for Kiehl's since 1851. And, um, I loved it. I loved Kiehl's. I thought it was so great. And, um, it totally got me in love with skincare, but my account executive, when she'd come in, she'd be like, okay, remember this is a cosmetic product. And so you cannot say what it will do. You can make no claims. You can't say that this will fix their skin. You can't say that it'll improve anything. All you can say is that it could improve the appearance of. And so then when I got into, you know, aesthetics and started learning about Climate Plus and the other skincare lines, I'm like, oh, you can make actual claims. Like you can actually say that this is going to make a change in your skin. And that was huge for me. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think... One of the other things I think that is important when you're talking about over-the-counter or professional products, too, is I know a lot of the times professionals can be a little bit more pricey. But sometimes if you've been buying your products over-the-counter at Nordstrom Dillard's, the price point's not much more different. But what is so important to remember about pharmaceutical grade is they're so much more concentrated. So because they have that higher concentration level, they're usually going to last longer because you use so much less. So if you do your price point on a month to month, but, you know, tell your clients this, yes, this is $30, but it's going to last you three to four months. That's $10 a month as opposed to buying products every single month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was another thing that I was going to say exactly because... I have personally noticed a difference. I mean, I'll buy, uh, I mean, not anymore, but when I was still like in love with my keels and everything, 
And mm-hmm. I would buy a Kiehl's moisturizer that had a certain ounceage. And then I'd buy, you know, a Glyman moisturizer that had a certain ounceage. And the Kiehl's one would always get used up faster because I just didn't feel like I had enough. But with the Glymed, you just need one pump and you're good. But the other, it was like, exactly. I was constantly putting more on. Yep. All I know is every time I put on Glymed, I have enough because my face burns. <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> he's like, exactly, it works. <laughs> <laughs> he is so hypersensitive. And I have tried two different times to like give him a facial or put a mask on him. Royal, would you like to talk about those experiences real quick? Um, I, <laughs> while I was in a peaceful, almost sleep, with her massaging my face with the Glymed <laughs> Plus product, and then all of a sudden, I just jumped out of, <laughs> jumped out of my soul because my face is on <laughs> fire. Um, Melissa, I put the I put the hydrating Skin Bliss mask on him, and he oh, mm-hmm. And he freaked out. So I'm like, wait a second. This is like, I don't think that you should be reacting like this. And he's like, it's burning. My face is on fire. I'm dying. And I'm like, are you, I mean, are you really at a 10 or are you at like a three, but you've just never experienced an, like a kind of a little more active ingredient or something. So I just decided that I'm done putting products on him and he could, he could try it himself. I'm going to Sephora. Oh, just get out. <laughs> That's funny. So years ago, this was probably like, I don't know, 13 years ago, I was doing, no, it was longer than that. It was 16 years ago. So funny thing, when I think of Glymed and I try to like pair things up with years, it coordinates when I had one of my kids. So for example, that's how I know that this was 16 years ago because I remember I was pregnant with my second daughter. So I call them like Glymed babies, but that's really the only way I keep track of like when a product came out, when our dermising derma sound came out was when I had kids oh my gosh that's um, so funny so I was doing I did the derma sound which is a machine that we offer on my husband and he swore it penetrated his brain I'm like it is not penetrating your brain I promise you it is not you you are familiar with our derma sound machine it oh, is yeah. the most superficial mild machine ever but after that we just I just don't give him facials anymore and it just works well yep that's exactly what I've learned. I'm like, I keep trying. I mean, I've tried twice and I'm like this. I promise this is a gentle product. It's not going to bother you at all. And he's like, it's burning. Get it off right now. I'm like, okay, whatever. You can you can keep putting Dove soap on your face, whatever it is you're doing. I'm done trying. <laughs> oh, okay. On that. So I have, I have four kids. Um, my I have two teens and then two that are in elementary and my teens are like Glymed religious users. I mean, the minute they have anything wrong, they come, mom, what can I do for this? Anyway, so they are Glymed lovers. Mm-hmm. My husband loves our sunscreen and I pick my battles. That's all he uses. And we just call that good. Oh so gosh. he uses our sunscreen every day, but same thing. He loves, I remember years ago, he came home. He's like, look at this cool product I got. And it was suave. And he was so excited because it was face, body, and hair. He's like, it's a three-in-one. Yep. And I just had to walk away. Yep. I That's exactly where I'm at. He'll he'll sit, Royal will sit and watch me with all of my steps and every product and, you know, all of this. And he's like, oh, well, I got ready in two seconds because all I had to do was wash my hair and my face and everything with the same exact product and move on with life. Oh. I'm like, okay, whatever. Yep. Plus the other thing, um, so Royal is black for everybody who didn't know. And he's also five years younger than I am. And so I 
I kind of have a little bit of a panic about it because I'm like, okay, first of all, black don't crack. So he is never going to look like he's yeah. older than 40. And I am white. And so white women, if we're not careful, we age like cheese, you know? And so I'm like, yeah. I will not go outside without my huge sunburn hat on. I'm like, I've got to look young, like as long as possible because I'm already way older than him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Genetics plays such a big factor in it. Oh, I get it. I I'm like large brim hat everywhere I go. Mm-hmm. Like avoiding the sun. Like if I'm sitting in the car too long, I'm like, okay, we got to make sure I'm not getting the sun exposure through the window. I yep. am right there with you. See, it's not just me, Royal. Sure. Since when did the sun become so bad? I remember my mom kicking me out the house to go play. Go get some sun. But apparently, I was dying slowly. I didn't even know it. <laughs> Because we don't want to age. It's slowing down that aging process. I have instilled that in my kids. And if there is one thing that I can say that I did right as a parent was that my kids are sunscreen lovers. I mean, and they're outdoors a lot, especially my oldest son. He loves to fish, plays golf, and he always has his sunscreen with us with him and I'm like okay I did something right the fact that you like lather on your sunscreen all the time oh my gosh yes those are my parenting goals for our kids <laughs> to want to wear sunscreen and I so after I um lost my my spa from my accident I ended up going into the police academy and in the academy you the boys have to shave boys the men have to shave their heads completely and then we're outside getting PT'd all the time so I would in my locker um, I had sunscreen. And so all the girls in my class, I'd line them up and be like, okay, everybody put sunscreen on. But the guys, they would sit there with their bald heads and just cry oh. in the sun. And it would just make me sick. And so I talked to them sometimes. I'm like, so can I bring y'all some sunscreen so that you can protect yourselves? They're like, we don't need sunscreen. Marines don't use sunscreen. Cops don't use sunscreen. And I'm like, okay, whatever you macho men, just enjoy all the blisters that you have on the top of your head. You're like, oh my gosh, it would just make me sick to see them just crying every single day in the sun. And so I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to be a good mom because I'll be able to go and talk to them and be like, no, no options. You're going to put on your sunscreen, everybody. Yes, isn't it? Oh, it's crazy. So how a lot of times it's hard to get men to want to wear sunscreen or to wear sunscreen. I was, um, I was helping out at a, it was a fundraiser. It was a golf tournament and all of the women that passed by were using the sunscreen, using the sunscreen, and the men are like, we're fine, we're fine. And then mm-hmm. it was our Photogel 15. Um, I don't know if you remember that product. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. smells like a vacation. It's still lightweight. One of the golfers used it, and he's like, this is awesome. And within probably like 20 minutes, we had all of these guys around like lathering on this sunscreen. And I was like, they found the sunscreen that worked for them, and hopefully they all wear it now. But yeah. it's hard. It was they were all walking by. They're like, I don't need it. I don't, I love all the reasons. I don't burn. I don't burn. It's good for me. I'm getting my vitamin D. That's Royal. <laughs> would you like to contribute? Anything? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought, cause I was darker. I didn't have to wear a sunscreen. Oh my, my mom, gosh. my mom's lighter than me. So she burns. And I'm like, man, I lucked out. Cause oh. I, I never, I never burned. So I met Melissa. She was like, well, you're an idiot. I mean, I said it nicer than that, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay, so now that this conversation has turned into why Royal needs sunscreen, 
(laughs) (laughs) But um, I do want to go back. You know, you were talking about how a lot of estheticians kind of struggle with selling product because they don't want to feel like pushers. So what are your recommendations to be able to now, I don't want to say just get over it, but to um, yeah. navigate those conversations with clients so that it doesn't feel that way. So when I am teaching a class or going in and helping a new esthetician um, really grasp retail sales, one of the first things I always say is I said, okay, not in the beauty industry. I want, to t- I want you to tell me something you re- recently purchased that you love. And it can't be a beauty product. It can't be hair, skin, nails, whatever. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it will come up with my new sh- these shoes I bought or these pants I bought. And then I always tell them, I'm like, okay, when you bought these, let's say they're these pants. Mine recently were a pair of Lululemon pants. I love them because they work for work and they work for mom life. So I can wear them with some nice shoes all day at work and look super professional. And then I can throw them on with tennis shoes and do mom life after work. And so I'm like, these are my favorite pants on earth. So when I bought these pants, I texted a picture to all my friends. I'm like, you guys have to get these. They're the best. Everyone I talked to for a couple of weeks, I was like, do you like my pants? Look at these. Let me tell you why they're great. <laughs> and then, and so then I related, okay, I personally did not care if any of these people bought these pants. I was just recommending them because they were life-changing for me. Mm-hmm. So once they've been able to think, okay, what was your item? What did you buy that you told all your friends about that you were so excited about? Now we need to take that excitement and we need to take it into retail products. You need to have that passion. So you need to find a product that you personally have a connection with that you can recommend for all of your clients to use. And you need to think about you recommending it. You're not selling it. You are telling them to use this because it's going to change their skin. It's going to improve their skin. It's going to help you reach your skincare goals. And now take that excitement and channel it into the retail product. Mm -hmm. That's one of the first things I tell is don't think about selling it. You're recommending it and you have to believe in it. So find a product, a product line, whatever it is that you believe in, and then it will come naturally. Oh my gosh. Yes. I love that. You said it's not selling, it's recommending. And we forget sometimes that, you know, a client comes in and they ask for a facial. Well, they're asking for what they know to ask for. They don't have all the answers. They don't have the experience that we have as licensed skincare professionals. And so they come in asking for what they think they need. And it's your responsibility to educate them on what else they need. Or if the facial isn't actually what they should be doing, they should be doing like a dermis, you know, or something else instead. And so part of our... I mean, I feel like it's an obligation to your clients, but part of your obligation to your client is to make them aware of the options available to them. And you're not forcing them to take advantage of those options, but I would want to know if they're, if I was struggling with acne or if I was struggling with, you know, my aging because I look way older than my young, hot husband, you know, or whatever it is, (laughs) like, I'd want to know what I could do to fix those problems. And if I found out later that, my esthetician had something available to her, had a product or a resource available, but she didn't offer it to me, I'd be pretty disappointed. Exactly, exactly. And I think 
you just hit on this too. I think educating your clients is so important. Mm -hmm. I feel like consumers in general are more educated now than ever before. So educating them on the why and the why of a product cannot be it smells good. Like tell them why they need this and educate them on it. And you know what? Maybe they don't purchase it the first time you see them, but at least give them something to think about and they will come back and do it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, consumers, they're very, they are a lot more savvy right now. They can go on the internet and they can look at, you know, any beauty blogger or magazine article and some fashion magazine or whatever. And they, they do have some information you've got to remember that a lot of those things are targeted toward the cosmeceutical grade products. And so they're not getting all of the information that they need. So when you can educate them in a way that is empowering, that builds on what they have already learned and be like, Hey, that's great information that you have, but I've got something that will blow your mind. I've got something to add to that. Let me empower you even further. And then they're like, oh, this is so great. I had no idea. And then they're going to want to purchase whatever it is that you're recommending because they'll recognize the value in it. Exactly. And I think it's important for estheticians, find a way that's comfortable for you to recommend products. Mm -hmm. You know, whether that be, maybe you're using an analogy. Um, I've, I've told neighbors and friends when they've talked to me, is your product really worth it? Whatever. I said, Think of it as if you're training for a marathon or a half marathon. If you go to the gym once a month, you're not going to train. You're not going to be prepared for your half marathon. But if you're doing something every single day, then you're prepared. Let's think about this with the skin. If I just go get a facial once a month, yeah, my skin looks great, but those products are only active in my skin for about three to five days after. Mm -hmm. I need to be training or treating my skin every single day to get the results I want. Yep. It is so true. And I mean, again, it's all about how you help the client understand your role in their skincare journey and yep. then their role in your in their skincare journey. Like it is not just come in here, I'm going to give you a facial and then you're going to look great. No, there are steps. It requires effort. You need to be responsible in your own time. Take advantage of the amazing products available to you. And then even like They've also got to understand if they're coming in and asking for more aggressive treatments, like, oh, I heard about heels or about microneedling or, you know, those other things out there, then, okay, you're going to have to start from square one and we've got to prep your skin. We've got to prepare it. And so that requires you to change all of these products that you're using, take advantage of these pharmaceutical grade products so that you can prepare your skin for it. Exactly. It's a 50-50 relationship. 50% Mm -hmm. is me treating your skin as an esthetician. 50% is you doing your home care that I recommend. Mm -hmm. It's so true. It's so true. Um, So when you have a, when you recommend to a new esthetician or somebody who's just opening up their spa and struggling with skills or excuse me, struggling with sales um, and you tell them you got to find a product that you're crazy about, do you recommend that it's kind of a more, um, I don't want to say, I don't want to say benign, but like a product that's more universal so that they could offer it to everyone or. Absolutely. So I, yes, I am a super, super big believer. And I tell when I'm working with new accounts, opening up um, new estheticians, I say, start slow, please, please, please start slow and build. Mm -hmm. Bring in those products that you can recommend to everyone. I am a big believer in keeping their initial order 
as low as possible. Like bring in a couple SKUs of each product. Let's keep it simple and let's grow as your business grows. Um, over the years, as I've helped, you know, people start their business. I can think of two times in particular that I had these super cute brand new estheticians that were just opening up. And both of them actually had recently, they had um, a small business loan. So they had a large amount of money to invest. And I can remember telling them, don't invest it all right now. Start slow, start slow, start slow. And in both these times, and thankfully, it's only twice in the last 20 years this has happened, but both of them initially purchased a larger, larger inventory than what I recommended. And both of them struggled for months because they had used all of their budget on their retail products and they had so much, it was overwhelming to them and it was overwhelming to their, to their clients. Mm-hmm. So I tell estheticians, let's build your retail products on what your back bar is. So if you're offering these pills, if mainly your client is aging, age 30 to 50, let's bring in this very, very you very simple home care regimen that they all can use. Now, if you have a client that you need another product for, you can always order it in, but let's keep it small and simple so you can get comfortable with it and your clients can. And then it can grow as you grow, but start off slow and just increase as needed instead of instead of starting too big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I Oh my gosh, I'm trying to think what year it was. I think it was 20, it was either 2013 or 2014 when I opened my studio in Salt Lake. And I didn't even think to contact you. Like I just went on because I already had my account from when I was a student at NEMA. And um, I just went on and ordered product and I didn't, it didn't even occur to me to ask you for help. And I ordered way too much product. I ordered product for, you know, treatments that I wasn't even doing, like that I thought I would be doing, but I didn't end up doing. I mean, I, it was so awful. So anybody who's listening to this, contact your account rep and ask for help. Do not make the mistakes that I made. (laughs) And I tell people, let's start off with just, let's do kind of kind of all of our products fall into a four step. So it makes it really easy. Mm -hmm. But even before we came out with our four step program, I said, Four products, get everyone on a cleanser, a treatment product, a moisturizer, and a sunscreen, and then go from there. Mm-hmm. So that's what your retail needs to look like. It's overwhelming to a client. If they walk into a studio and they see 50 different products, they're like, wait a minute, which one should I use? Keep it simple and build as needed, you know? And I like to carry this over to not only what's on the retail shelf, but when a client is recommending product or when an esthetician is recommending products to a client, Keep it simple. I mean, ultimately, you want them on all of the professional products Mm -hmm. um, that they're using at home. But I kind of call it the bookend. So let's say uh, say a client comes to see me. I tell them to text me a picture of their home care product 24 hours before the visit. So I can kind of educate myself on what they're using, what works. I can see what their home care regimen looks like. I also think that's important because then when that client steps foot in my in my place, they know that we're having a conversation about retail because I've asked them beforehand. Mm-hmm. But I call it my bookend. If they're using a cleanser and they're using a sunscreen, as long as it's not doing something that's damaging to the skin, as long as it is somewhat of good quality, I'm going to leave those alone. I'm going to let those let them use up those products, and we're gonna we're gonna work on the middle. We're gonna work on the treatment products, the moisturizers, the products that's going to give them results. And then when those bookends are out, then we'll replace them with whatever product line you're retelling. I feel like that's important for a couple of ways. 
Um, I think if a consumer comes to you and you're like, hey, you got to go home, you got to throw away everything you're using and you have to start with all of these, I think it's overwhelming. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think we do need to be budget conscious of our clients. Um, Some might have the budget to start all over. Some might not. So let's let's work with them. And I also think I want to be respectful of what they have been doing. I think as estheticians, you know, we can look at a client's home care and cringe, but if they can see that we're cringing, I now have lost a little bit of trust because I don't want to seem intimidating to them on what they've been using. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so huge. And I, I coach our clients on kind of like our clients are estheticians, um, but I coach them on kind of a similar thing where I tell them, okay, so when you're in that consultation or having that product conversation with your clients and they're telling you what they're using, if they're like, oh, I'm using this, you know, cleanser from Sephora that I absolutely love. I'm so crazy about it. But I also have a, you know, a moisturizer that I don't like so much and that's it. Don't worry about the cleanser at that point. They have an emotional connection with it. So don't try to convince them on something that they don't want to budge on at this point. Instead, focus on the things they don't like or the things they aren't using yet. And then as yep. they start seeing results with those, then they're going to come around and be like, hey, I'm out of that cleanser, but I, I really want to start using what you're offering because I'm seeing great results with that. So just start building that relationship of trust, like you were saying, instead of just dogging on everything they're doing, because people are doing the best that they can with the knowledge they have. And um, you don't want to make a client feel you know, stupid or shamed or anything because they're using a product that isn't good for them, but they love it and they don't know any better. Exactly. People have emotional attachments to their products mm-hmm. for whatever reason. I will talk to I will talk to um, consumers that they love a product because that's what their mom used. They've used it their whole entire life. They don't see anything wrong with it. They have that attachment to it. Great. Keep using it. Um, uh, going back to like a cleanser. Sometimes a big hurdle is just getting them to wash their face every morning. So if they're already washing their face every morning, that is a hurdle we don't need to jump and we're just going to let it be. Yep, exactly. You know, it's so funny because I having emotional connection with products. So I, I Kiehl's is what started my whole entire skincare journey. Okay. And so I still have an emotional connection to it. And Melissa, I cannot stop using this one particular eye cream from them. And my eyes, <laughs> my skin around my eyes is like deteriorate, deteriorating because I am not using a quality product, but I just have this emotional connection with this eye cream. And so I'll get on my story sometimes and be like, Hey, what eye creams are you estheticians using? And everybody will recommend something great. And I'm sure it's wonderful, but I cannot get myself to stop using this stupid eye cream that I actually don't like, but it's cute. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it happens. It is so true. We have emotional attachments to everything. Yes. And it's funny, you kind of say, so I find it with, I mean, I guess it works because I work for Glymed, so it's great, but I find it with Glymed because I started using Glymed when I was 20 years old, when I started with Glymed. I'm now, I'm 41 this year. So I've been using Glymed forever. So I am actually the same way when, you know, I have... I am really good friends with all of the other reps in Utah. We've built relationships. I, you know, I don't think we need to be like, as far as like competitors, not mm-hmm. get along. But a great relationship with all of them. So sometimes when we're at this, these events, they'll give me products to try. I cannot bring myself to try them because for two reasons. Number one, I feel like I'm cheating on Glymed because uh-huh. I've used Glymed forever. <laughs> and number two, there's this whole fear of, well, 
I know what works for my skin. What if it messes it up? Which I'm sure it doesn't. But I have this like 100% emotional attachment, not just to Glymed, but there are certain products that I have used religiously for 20 years and I will not stop using them because mm-hmm. they're kind it's it's like my routine and I am a routine person in general so mm-hmm. I get it yeah whatever your first love is you can never you can never veer off of it I know oh my gosh and it's I mean in your situation it makes sense because your love is a pharmaceutical grade product my love <laughs> is this like over-the-counter eye cream that <laughs> now but- that I know that you don't like it I'm upset with you that you keep spending our money <laughs> Oh my gosh. It's like, your comfort, it's like your comfort blanket. It's like your comfort blanket. I know. And it's, well, and it's like my, my ode to Kiehl's. Like, thank you for everything that you've done for me. I'm going to keep throwing you a bone. Yeah. But okay. So what eye cream should I be using? Should I be using the CBD, your new CBD eye cream? What should I use, Melissa? Yes. Okay. That's what I was going to tell you. And I'll tell you why I love it. So I am a simple home care gal. Again, there are some, our dental face wash. I started using that. Um, I started using that 20 years ago mm-hmm. when I started with Climate and I am still using it because I love it. Yeah. Um, so you you gra- you have that like relationship with the product, but I like simple. So I use the same thing. This is why I like the CBD. It really is kind of an all-in-one. It's going to help with fine lines and wrinkles. It hydrates. It helps with inflammation and pussiness. So it really is like I tell everybody, just use that one, and you don't need to worry about any other product. And you can use it right under the eyes and on the eyelid, which is great for mm-hmm. me, I think, because you, you're you getting right into that thin skin. Yeah. Okay. Well, in my next order, I'll be including that. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've been using this pretty much the same, a lot of the same Glymed products, even since I was in aesthetic school, which was back in like 2011, like my gentle facial wash. And, you know, I mean, I'm just so... I love everything. Everything else I use is climate except for this one stupid eye cream. <laughs> Whatever works. So anyway, um, here let me let me look at our notes really quickly. Um, to make sure that we have talked about pretty much everything. Um this is looking pretty good, and we're right at 40 minutes. Okay. Wonderful. So, Melissa, um, one of the things that we like to ask all of our guests is what boundaries, balance, health, and safety means to them. And I feel like, um, I think personally that home care regimens can really fit into each of those items. But what is what is your take on each of those? As I was kind of like thinking of these four things last night, um, one of the things that I think is so important as an esthetician and with boundaries is I think you have to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of talked about this at the beginning. I think this industry is a very like nurturing type of industry. And so it's very, very easy to give, 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 give and not set up boundaries. Um, I had a salon owner years ago that I'm really good friends with tell me, she's like, whatever I'm doing, I'm all in for that. So she's a mom too. She has four kids like I do. And so like when she's at work, when she's has her esthetician hat on or her salon owner on, that's what she does. She said, I trust the people that are watching my kids. I trust that they're doing a good job. So I'm not micromanaging that. I'm all in. But then she said on the flip side, when she's home, whether it be with her kids or her husband or her significant other, whoever that is, she's all in there. Mm -hmm. And I actually took that to heart because 
prior to her telling me this, I felt like if I was multitasking, if I was making dinner, but talking to an account, but placing an order for someone that I was doing a good job. Mm-hmm. And then I realized I wasn't because I was doing too many things at one time. So I think it's important to have boundaries. I think it's important to schedule schedule your time so whatever you're doing, you can do it that you're all in. Mm-hmm. Now, with home care, why do I think that's important to have boundaries? We've talked a lot, you know, today about why pharmaceutical grade is important, why it's important for them to be using it. I also think as an esthetician, it's important to set your boundaries. And maybe your boundary is, I'm not doing a chemical pill on you unless you're using my home care product. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with saying, this is my line. If you want me to do a chemical pill on you, you have to use these. Great. If you're not going to use these products, then we'll give you facials every week, but I will not take this next step until you meet me halfway and you use these products. Mm -hmm. So I think that's how it relates to boundaries. Like draw your line. As an esthetician, this is what I require of you for me to have you as a client. And there's nothing wrong. Sometimes you have to fire fire a client. Mm -hmm. If they're not a good client, fire them. That's okay. But I think you need to set your boundaries so you're not just giving, giving, giving. Yeah. I think that's so true. Um and I I want to say I mean, one thing that I recommend to people is if there is a particular product that you really, really want a client to be using through a course of a treatment, then just include the cost of that product in the cost of the treatment so that you're guaranteeing, okay, you're coming to me for microneedling. You've got to be using these four products. It's already included in the price. There you go. So if they're going to be getting that service from you, you're guaranteeing that they are taking those products home with them. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. So on to balance. So this kind of, let's go back to 2019. I am not a big goal setter. I'm kind of a person <laughs> like when I want to change something, I just change it. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of 2019, kind of evaluating, okay, how do I want this year to be? I came up with a motto and a lot of people laugh when I tell them this, but it has served me well. I, my motto for 2019 and now 2020 was, I am not superwoman and I don't want to be. Mm. And so. I I think of that a lot. Okay, do I need to let's talk about school field trips? I don't enjoy them. I've never enjoyed going on school field trips. I don't enjoy being on a bus with a bunch of really, really loud kids. So for me, going on a school field trip with my kids just because I felt obligated to, I don't do it anymore. I will mm-hmm. gladly I'll donate the treats for the school trip, but I'm not gonna be there. It's the same with my accounts. I set I set kind of a timeline I will be available Monday through Friday as much as you need me but Saturday and Sunday I need me time Mm -hmm. and so I think that's where it came not being superwoman I don't necessarily always need to make every single dinner homemade I don't need to have a cute handout that I give my clients as they leave maybe I'm just writing it on a sticky note and putting it on their on their bag with products and that's okay Mm -hmm. so for me that was like life-changing to realize I don't want to be superwoman and I don't need to be. I'm really good at what I do and how I do it. And that's okay. Yes. Awesome. I think that's so important. And I, I love that. I'm not superwoman and I don't want to be. And it is okay to want to have time for yourself and time with your family and time to, yeah. you know, to live. Just to live. Exactly. I think that's so smart, Melissa. I love that. 
it's worked well. And I say it to people and I watch, I love watching people. I really am a person that thrives off like face-to-face interaction. Mm-hmm. So I was speaking to a large group and I said that, and I saw a lot of these, a lot of these women, like I go big. And then as I went on to explain, I don't want to go on a field trip anymore. I did it with my oldest for years and I don't want to do it anymore. So mm-hmm. I don't. And then you see like these women's faces going, okay, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I date those field trips too. And there's plenty of women that love it. So let them go. Mm-hmm. Or however you relate it to, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think it's so powerful as women when we hear somebody else giving themselves this kind of permission. And that kind of allows yeah. us to do the same thing. We're like, oh, I have been harboring those same feelings, but I felt guilty saying it out loud, but she had the strength to do that. And so I can too. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's big, you know? Um, these are kind of crossing over, but as far as health, take care of yourself, take care of yourself, you know, make sure that you're, make sure that you're taking care of yourself. Don't run yourself ragged. Back to like my motto, when I started doing that and realized, you know, if some night I need to go to bed at eight o'clock at night, that's okay. It's okay to kind of sleep in if I need more rest. Make sure that you're healthy. We promote our clients being healthy, but sometimes we drain ourselves. You know, we need to make sure that we're filling ourselves up in every way possible and not just always giving, giving, giving. It's okay to sometimes be a taker and take what we need. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's totally true. And I mean, I remember when I had my spa, I was working back to back hours, like 12 hours a day. I mean, it was just absolutely crazy. And then by the end, I finally got it right where I was only working like 20 to 25 hours a week, I was making sure that I had plenty of time for me and taking care of myself and my body. Because when, I mean, as estheticians that are taking clients, a lot of times we book through lunch. We don't want to drink water during our day because then we're going to have to stop and take a bathroom break. And then we won't be able to do as many lashes, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, okay, if you're not healthy, then you cannot keep doing what you do. You're going to have, you're going to come to an abrupt stop. So we have to take our health seriously. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You totally do. We're, I think as women in this industry and men in this industry, we are definitely givers, 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 Mm -hmm. but sometimes at our own health or back to at our own safety, you know, we need to, we need to make sure that we can only give as much as we have. And if we're not taking care of ourselves um, every way, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever that looks like for all of us. If we're not, if we're not taking care of ourselves, you eventually will have a point where we don't have anything more to give. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely true. And, you know, kind of going off of health as well. That's what product sales are like selling these high quality pharmaceutical grade products, because don't forget that the skin is a part of the body. And, you know, our clients, they're going and they're getting their turmeric shots and they're making sure they're eating all organic and everything like this, but then they're still buying over-the-counter products for their skin. And it's like, hey, you care about health. One of your values is having a healthy body. This is the chance for you to have 99% pure ingredients put onto your skin instead of a measly 76%, like helping your clients develop this mindset that um, professional skincare attributes to their overall health that organ that, exactly. your, that your meat is covered in called your skin mm-hmm. is a big deal yes it's so true 
absolutely, absolutely. And I think sometimes um, people feel like if they're not exhaustedly giving, that they're not doing enough. And mm-hmm. that's not true. That's mm-hmm. not true. You don't need to be exhausted to be successful at something. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I can absolutely attest to that. And you have to be willing to, you know, have kind of a quality over quantity mindset. And rather than just filling your schedule just so that you can say that you're busy, which for some reason, that's kind of like a pedestal thing. Like, oh, it's a status thing. Like, oh, I'm so busy. Sorry, I can't (laughs) go and do those things. Okay, well, I guess life is going to pass you by, my friend. But if you can take a step back and recognize, okay, if I'm working 50 hours a week and it's wearing me out, what are things that I can do to cut back on those hours? Okay, maybe I can start selling retail products so I can spend less time in the treatment room, but still be bringing in income. Maybe I can raise my prices to where they need to be. You know, do those things so that you're not having to constantly give and give and give until you have nothing left. Exactly. Exactly. I think you just hit on it. For some reason, a lot of times in society, if people have a full schedule or they're booked back to back, they feel like that means that they're succeeding. We're really you know, being able to, like what you said, cutting back your work to 25 hours a week is just as successful as working 50 or 60 hours a week. You Mm -hmm. know, it's that quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It's so true. It is so, so true. And um, Melissa, we just appreciate you coming and talking with us about all these things. Do you want to briefly talk about, um, for those people who don't maybe don't know about the resources that Climate Plus has, could you talk about those really quick? Yes, definitely. We have so many resources, and especially I have to give kudos to our education department with this whole COVID-19 thing. They have put out so many more. Um, on our website, on our social media page, we are offering three to four virtual trainings a week. These are free. Any wow. esthetician can join and watch. Um, if you go to our website, we've launched a whole series called Virtual Esthetician. We are trying to really help um, help estheticians to make the mindset switch right now of from, I'm not doing services. How can I still be an esthetician? Well, you're a virtual esthetician. Mm-hmm. We give tips for online consultations. We have templates and forms and everything. And again, this is free to anyone, Glymed account, not Glymed account. It's just available on our website and social media pages. And then tons and tons of um, webinars and education material that they can watch to to really kind of keep their mind working during this time, but passing this on to their clients too. And then we hit a little bit on our online region store. There is this is for Glymed Plus accounts, but there's no um, there's no charge to set this up. It is your own personal online store. It has your logo on top. Your clients order directly from it. It ships to their house, and then we direct deposit the revenue earned every single Friday on those retail stores. So it's a great way to keep products in your client's hand. Um, you don't have to order them in. There has to. There's no contact at all. It goes directly to the door. But we're recommending, you know, you do this virtual online consultation. Recommend they purchase these products, and then they're in their home within a couple of days. I love it. That's awesome. I've just been so, so impressed with how resourceful and how innovative y'all have been with this whole COVID-19 thing. And I hope that to our listeners and estheticians out there, that even when you're able to go back to work and do services again, that you still keep these things top of mind so that you're still selling retail products. You're still, you know, working with clients that maybe are 
in a different state or something like that, doing these virtual consults and selling products to people that maybe aren't immediately available to you, like location wise, um, because all this is going to do is benefit you, benefit not only your income, which is something that we are all thinking about right now with not being able to work, but it'll also help you become a better esthetician. The more people that you can work with, the more interactions you can have and everything like that. Exactly. Now's a great time to get them on home care. And then once we can open up our services again, they're going to be all set for the in-clinic treatment. Exactly. Exactly. I love it. Melissa, thank you so much. How can people get in touch with you? Are you on Instagram? Both. So I'm on, um, I'm on Instagram. On Instagram, it's Glymed Plus Utah. On Facebook, it's Melissa Glymed Plus Utah in Idaho. Um, if you go to our website, all of our information there too. So probably social media between Facebook and Instagram are the best, but awesome. you can find my email address and everything on our website too. Okay, perfect. We will include all of this information to be able to get in touch with Melissa as well as Glymed's website and everything in the episode notes so that y'all can, you know, get into these awesome resources and start using Glymed if you haven't yet, because I personally think it's the best. And it burns. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Royal, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it only burns if you're a big baby <laughs> all right thank you so much melissa we appreciate you thank you awesome thank you guys have a great day